Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Okay, Handmaid's Tale, since we're in this arena, uh... What was your reaction when you heard Roe v. Wade? <sighs> I know. We don't even have to talk about it. I, I, that's a good sound, though. That really. <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, there it is. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I to be honest, I, I mean, is it bad to say I wasn't surprised? I, I mean. No, we shouldn't. It was leaked months ago. It was kind of expected. I just, it just is astounding to me. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Katie's Crib. I'm already in the midst of conversation with our guest who I have. I mean, I feel like I've been trying to talk to you about your baby for such a long time because we first met. I first met Yvonne Starofsky in line in an airport. She was standing with her partner and her baby Miss Yvonne has garnered critical acclaim for her role as Serena Joy Waterford in Hulu's Emmy and Golden Globe winning original series, The Handmaid's Tale. 
She's netted Emmy nominations for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, Golden Globe nomination for Best Supporting Actress in a Series, Miniseries, blah, 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 two Screen Actors Guild noms. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. She just recently starred alongside Chris Pratt in Amazon Studio Films, The Tomorrow War. She starred in Stateless, a six-part TV series. Oh, yeah, that looks so good. That premiered on ABC um, Australia in March 2020. Uh, previously, she was on Fox's 24 Live Another Day, Dexter, Chuck, the Astronaut Wives Club. I mean, good Lord. Let's just go. I mean, the resume is ridiculous. Films. He's out there at Manhattan Night, The Guilt Trip. She is married to actor and producer Tim Loden and is a mom of two boys, William and Henry. Welcome to Katie's Crib. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my gosh, thanks for asking me. This is super fun. I was trying to re- remember as reminiscing on that time that we met. I remember looking at you and you just being like, oh my gosh, like I'm headed off to like a family like sort of vacation, which as you had said, it was not something you do. And we were also heading on a family mm-hmm. vacation and we both had babies and we were in line in the airport and I feel like the line was long and Mm -hmm. you and I were both and I just ran up to you and I was like hi we're both (laughs) actors in Hollywood and we have similar hair and makeup people who do our hair makeup for events and I hear you're cool and oh my god I'm such a huge fan of your work but we're in line and I'm like this is not going to go great if this takes like two hours It's a, yeah, it was it was a while. I remember standing in that line for a while too. I remember having uh, a blast talking to you guys. You guys were awesome. Oh, thank you. Such a great connection. Thank you for talking to me and making that that S line, snake line move faster. I've been um so excited to talk to you because since then you've had a second child. Mm-hmm. Did you always want to be a mom? No. I didn't always want to be a mom. <laughs> I didn't either. Tell me how you came to how it happened in your life. I remember hitting an age like uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was was somewhere in my early 30s, somewhere between 30 and 35. I can't remember the exact age where literally suddenly I just had the feelings like I whatever in my hormonal situation changed. And I just was like, Oh, I must have babies. <laughs> wow, I love that. And I and I just felt it. And I hadn't really prior to that. Were a lot of the friends you have in your life like were they also having children or had you worked with actors that had kids or you really think it was like your biological clock? No, I really think it was my biological clock. I like I I felt things change in my body. I mean, I always I remember working with moms, you know, people in the makeup chair who would, yeah. you know, I'd be like, hi, how are you? And they'd say, oh, you know, I haven't slept or I slept for one hour. My baby was up or my child was, you know, sick or this and that. And I just remember thinking, how the fuck do you do this? Like, I just, <laughs> I, I, I just remember thinking I would actually just keel over and die and not be able to do my job. And here I am. Um <laughs> With two. Not dead. Doing your job. (laughs) Not dead. Doing like the, not only like a job, but like I would argue, and we'll get into this, probably one of the hardest, most 
<sighs> you have a very demanding job. It's a very demanding project uh, that you're working on. It's not like you're going to work on like a little in no offense, but like a rom-com or something where you're like laughing all day. comedy. Yeah, like a little like light thing where you don't really need to like shake it off before you get home. It's like you are living in this insane world that sadly at the moment is really mimicking our own. Um, can you describe the moment when you and Tim found out you were pregnant? Well, we, with the first, you mean? Yeah, we, yeah, we with were, William. We um, were having an argument of some kind. Um, <laughs> I love it. We were in the midst of a, like, semi-major fight. I really can't remember at all what it was about. Um, and then I just remember going, you know, in the middle of, you know, I just remember grabbing a pee stick and just, you know, I was peeing on the toilet, um, onto the stick, and... And it it suddenly changed into, you know, you're pregnant. And I, <laughs> I just remember being like, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. And it was like, um, I, 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 think I'm, I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> it was totally unexpected because we'd been, I think we were, we tried for four months or something around that. Like, I think we got pregnant in the fourth or the fifth That's month. That's wonderful. It was pretty, That's very wonderful. quick. But, you know, I'd been doing the pee stick thing for, you know, four months, I guess. Yeah. So yes, yes, like, yes. Whatever. It's probably going to be negative. And, and yeah, and it wasn't. So you knew you wanted a baby and you were peeing on sticks, which I did too, but you weren't like crazy about it. You were just sort of like, no. we're in this foray and we're in this, but it's really, I'm not like squeezing the experience. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. No, I mean, I'm horrible anyway when it comes to count. Like anytime the doctor is like, when's your menstrual cycle? When was the last time? I'm like, uh, I I don't know. I, I really like, I cannot remember it to save my life. I just can't. I never documented those things. I, I mean, had I probably been you know, had we been at it for a year, I probably would have. Yes, sure, sure, started. sure, sure. To really, really calculate, write down, take yeah. notes. But you were still in a very, like, relaxed, receiving, like, surrendered state. What about the second yeah. time with Henry? Um, Same thing, although, because I was breastfeeding, I breastfed William for um, 26 months. So he was two years and two months when we did the last I have to talk to you all about this because I'm on. Vera's almost 20 months and I'm weaning her now. And I just decided and it's horrible. Like, I don't know why. What made you decide to wean? Okay, we're going off topic, guys. But this is why I have Katie's crib so I can selfishly ask my own questions for my own personal use. Just bear with me. We'll get back on track in two minutes. How did you know it was time? I didn't. I didn't decide it was time. I let my child decide. I was just like, I didn't want to go through anything horrible. I just remember, I mean, I I follow a lot of, in, Instagram is like a great education. I know that sounds weird. I agree. I have I agree. so many women, thank you to all the women mm. who share their stories on everything and birth. And it's very amazing. It's amazing. You know, I just remember seeing a lot of women photos of women just bawling their eyes out because they're weaning their child from breastfeeding and how and reading the how to's and blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm doing it my way. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what my husband says. I, I just, I'm going to do what I feel and what my baby feels is right. And so consequently, I didn't follow anything. I just, he just started forgetting 
about set, like feeds. Usually, like first, I think it was the ones in the middle of the day, and and mm-hmm. I let him. I didn't say, you know, I was just like, okay, he forgot. Yeah, you didn't say like, oh, we didn't do this feed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so yeah. you know, the ones, the last one to go was the one before bed, um, and then the second last one to go was the first thing in the morning one. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. I'm at 7 a.m. and I do the morning and the night right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would, you know, he just did it by himself. I didn't do anything. Wow. And also, like, I did not, I didn't stop him when he didn't do it for three days and then came back. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I just let, if he, if we didn't, if he forgot about it in the mornings for three days in a row and then on the fourth day, he was like, oh, I want to do this. I was like, okay. And then he'd forget that. And then he'd come back and then he'd forget for another few days or a day. And then he'd come back and then slowly, slowly, slowly. It was just, and then it was over. And that was it. And I never, I just didn't want to torment myself because I had an amazing experience with breastfeeding. I loved it. I I I was very, yeah, I was really lucky. I just loved it. I adored it. It was such an amazing connection for me. Uh, I had milk. Mm-hmm. Different story now. My left one has quit. That's a whole nother story. Um, how do you know? How do you know what's happening? How old is it? Wait, how old is Henry? Seven months. And your left boob has quit. How did you know? He only wa- favors one side? Well, now, yeah, because I've just kind of phased it out. But because I'm pretty much exclusively breastfeeding. And then when I'm at work, that there were times because work gets complicated, especially when you watch this season, you'll see why there were times where I... Just oh my god feed I cannot him. wait oh my god <laughs> but like Henry William and Henry both came to work with me every single day so I can continue breastfeeding so I can continue making milk cuz you know we all know yeah. you, supply and demand the more, and the, yeah. if you see your baby and also if they're asking for milk you make milk if they're yeah. not asking for milk and you're not pumping which by the way even if you are pumping that might not be the thing that responds to your body because you need to see the baby you need to smell the baby you yes. need to, it's different for everybody so the babies are always with you, and sometimes it's not possible for whatever reasons happening this freaking season. Oh my god! So what? So the boob? So the left boob just quit? Well, it was always pretty lame. Like with William, it was always like <laughs> I was like, you know, it was this much to to like this much, and then and then with Henry, it just kind of went mm-hmm. down to there, mm-hmm. and it was like a mm-hmm. few drops. Sometimes nothing. So when I pump, it's sometimes nothing comes out. Sometimes I get a few drops. I could go days without activating it. You know, I still kind of, I don't feed off of anymore. I still pump it just because. Um, Mm. But I'm, yes, I'm a one boob woman right now. (laughs) Good for you. Are they really different in size? Yes. Like, they are. Wow. Guys, women are fucking amazing. When you do a fitting on The Handmaid's Tale, are they like, huh, no one makes a bra that uh, fits one boob that's varied in size all day, depending on whether it's full or half full <laughs> or deflated. I remember the last season of Scandal. I had that. I Well, all, oh, my God, so many jobs since then where I've fed my second kid and it's like they would have different bras in my trailer, different sizes, because I would sometimes be a B. I'd sometimes be a double D. It was like insane. Um yeah, I don't – it's crazy that I'm weaning. I'm turning 40 in September. I'm turning 40 in July. We're the same year. No way! Yeah, 1982. 1982, baby! <laughs> um, and I have – I'm treating myself for the first time ever to, like, a few trips by myself. I know it's kind of like what my soul has like called in for me like really strongly and I just 
don't want to pump there. Like I want to go yeah. for five or six days. And so I'm sort of getting less and less on the feeds really gradually knowing that in time when I go, that will be it. Yeah. As sort of a celebrate, I'm trying rather than being sad about it because I am also sad and emotional because this is my last child. But I also am trying to like make it celebratory, like holy shit. I fed two babies. It was one of the hard, while working full-time jobs, it was one of the hardest things I ever did in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And now I want to celebrate and sort of like get back to my own body being autonomously my own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just feeling like a strong pull towards that. But it is odd. Like I talked to her a lot about it. Like in the afternoons, I just started saying she would pull and scream at me and I would say, oh, I'm so sorry. We're just going to keep it till we're going to do it in two hours, like right at night, right at night. And then she doesn't. And that only happened for a day. And now she never asks in the middle of the day anymore. Mm -hmm. She just does morning and night. But good Lord, is this not so crazy hard? Like what the hell? I know. It's (laughs) like there's so many feelings that exist in the same space that are so contradictory to yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Okay, guys, we're back on track. Um, okay, so seven, eight months, and you're got you're the one boob wonder, which I love, and that will continue on until Henry decides it's time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Has your second time experience been so drastically different than your first time? Like oh, even yeah. breastfeeding sounds like it's different. Were your pregnancies different? Yes. Oh my gosh. The pre- Well, only in terms of intensity and nausea. Yeah. The first one was easier. I have to say with Henry, and but I had this weird um, symptom. I, I've talked about this a lot before. I had the spitting thing. So I had excessive saliva. What? Wait, I've listened to so many things you've done. I don't know if I've heard about that. What is this? This is a pregnancy symptom? Yeah, I've every the internet and the, the doctor says uh, say that it is a common um symptom. My I've literally never actually met a person who has had the same thing. I've only heard of of like a friend of a friend who I never met who who had a minor version of this, but it basically it's, you know, the moment right before you puke and yeah, you so much saliva in your mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's that moment, but all the time. <laughs> so you have to have Yvonne, a Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. It's, it's horrendous. It is horrendous. It, I, I had to have a cup um, stuffed with tissue or toilet paper or something constantly around me. This is like on the handmaid's tail. I remember this is why I couldn't even hide my pregnancy for very long. Cause I had to spit in a cup for literally every minute. I mean, I could go the longest, maybe three minutes without spitting in a cup, like Niagara Falls saliva. And it's disgusting. And so for gross. 10 months with Henry. Yes. Not with William, with Henry, it was the entire time. And it was, no joke. And I was shooting and promoting the handmaids in the Chris Pratt movie, The Tomorrow War, and literally like online uh, Zoom PR and this and that. And I had like my little spitty cup off to the side and I'd just be like, <laughs> you know, trying to pretend that. How did you know at first when those symptoms came on? Like you were like, this is really. Did you at first just think it was like you feeling nausea or like your body preparing to throw up or something like that? And then you were like, no, this is weird. It's just endless amounts of saliva. Yeah. With Henry, it, came, the, it was nausea as well. And I was throwing up. I didn't throw up with William. But. But but then once the throwing up and the nausea subsided, 
it's just the saliva remained. And that's what I had with William too. And it was very weird. And the, the other very weird thing that happened with William before the saliva thing, I think, was that um, I started getting real grossed out by my husband. I was really, and I thought, oh my God, what is going on? I remember not, whatever his smell is, I'm usually like, it's my So into, yeah. Uh, I just was like, oh my God, whatever is coming out of your pores is just so so gross horrendous to me. and I we laugh oh, about I'm it so now sorry. but but at the time I remember thinking like a week went by and then I started I, I had to google it and I thought what, what this is something wrong with me and of course I realized oh this is a thing and then we we had to laugh about it and that kind of went away but the spitting the, the that and the spitting went away within probably I want to say the first trimester like 16 weeks with William but with Henry the saliva just kept going and going That is absolutely, absolutely horrible. And we do have to say, I mean, that is a very common thing that some women are incredibly, um, the pheromones don't match up for whatever reason. They used to. And then however your sense of smell is so peaked during pregnancy and all of a sudden your husband might be on that shit list along with whatever else (laughs) of like, don't even fucking get near me. Although I have a friend then in the polar opposite direction, I have a friend who like, could not be satiated with enough sex while she was pregnant, like could not be (laughs) satiated, like literally waking up her husband in the middle of the night being like, please, please, please help, help, help. Like I'm in big trouble. Like, please just like, I need sex right now. And my husband heard this story. And so my entire, both of my pregnancies, he was like, when is it just going to start raining sex? Like, when does this like sex rain start? And I'm like, "Mm, sorry, honey. Like, I'm just not (laughs) feeling that. I felt so bad. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration 
and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So it sounds like your pregnancies were different symptomatically. I know your births were drastically different, which is so cool, and I would like to hear about that. Your birth with William was in a hospital and your birth with Henry was at home. Can Mm -hmm. you explain to me both (laughs) of those experiences and how that decision happened? Oh, gosh. I always thought I would be the person to have a natural home birth, but I was too scared to do it the first time around because we are, we don't live close to the hospital. And so I just was always like, oh, I was, you know, the old way of thinking now it's different. But back then I was like, if something goes wrong, I'm not near a hospital. You know, since then I've been educated on what are the actual things that I do need to worry about. Um, given the pregnancy that I had, which was a healthy pregnancy with William, it was a 46 hour long labor. It was two days and two nights. I, it was kind of, it ended up being all the things like I didn't really want it to be, which which I didn't really know at the time. Like I didn't really know it wasn't sort of normal for a thing lady, which sounds so stupid now, but to kind of change locations. That was kind of the one thing of like, I started at home and I wanted to be there for a long time. And, um, and that didn't really happen because we got to the point where we all thought collectively that we should go to my doctor's office and get checked. And then we all thought that we were, I was going to have that baby by sundown. Um, so it's not really, I'm not like, you know, placing blame or anything. This is just kind of how it panned out. So yeah, of you course. Know, I'm moving from my house, the 45 minute drive into the office to get checked to them, you know, suddenly, okay, the, the baby's going to come tonight probably. So then it didn't make sense to go back home. It made sense to stay in town. 
So then it's like, okay, well, let's get a hotel, which is, you know, totally random. Oh my God, this is so stressful. I'm so stressed. (laughs) So like I'm walking around the streets, you know, in town, like, you know, laboring with my doula and while my husband's kind of doing like this, the drive by in the car with, you know, going to get sandwiches and like handing drinks out the window and, <laughs> and then, you know, going to make the hotel reservation. So it, you know, it was a lot of separating me from my husband Him. who I wanted mm-hmm. to be with and then, and then getting into the hotel. And so once, once we got into the hotel, then it was kind of calm again, but then it just kept going and going and going. So then I was awake for a whole nother night. The baby did not come. And the, you know, my doctor came midnight, 3am, 6am, finally at 730 in the morning, the second day is like, okay, let's go over to the hospital now. So then we're changing locations again. And he still didn't come until uh, 5pm. That you know, the second day. So oh my God. and it was just a lot. My body was stalling and I hospital is a, a fabulous, wonderful choice for other people. It wasn't for me. You felt very stressed. You I mean it closes you off. It, it feels like not safe. It feels safe for some people and it feels it feels unsafe and strange to you. It felt very unsafe and strange yeah. to me because I'm just not I'm not like I'm a super private person. Uh, I don't really, I don't like, you know, if I see people I don't know, I'm like, my uterus is like, not bringing the baby out. And then, and that's kind of what happened. So I ended up having, uh, you know, Pitocin to kind of keep it going. I ended up having my water broken because it didn't break naturally, or we didn't wait long enough for it to break naturally. Also, I ended up being so exhausted that at hour 41, when they told me that the baby had turned unfavorably suddenly because we broke the water manually, then and then they told me I had to be in a certain position. I just kind of freaked out. And then I, at that point, I was falling asleep in between contractions. And I mean, like, you know, you have the 60 seconds in between the most intense ones at the end. And, and I was just nodding off. It was just such chaos for me and my body. And then ended up having an epidural right at the end there to relax. I instantly fell asleep when my body kept working for another five hours. There's my husband going on a walk with Henry. Um, And you were very, very, you were very, weren't you 42, over 42 weeks, right? Yeah, I was 17 days over. Oh, overdue. I mean, you know. due date. So stupid. So, due date. Yes, so silly. Exactly. So yeah, I was 17 days overdue. So um, I didn't want to get induced either to start the whole birth process. And I didn't, but then, you know, all those things happened in the hospital that, you know, I really didn't, I wanted to have like a natural home birth in a hospital is what my wish was. But unfortunately that did not happen for me. And so when it came to the second baby, I remember kind of feeling like I was very much putting it off. I was very much putting off because I think I had PTSD of, you know, and and I was panicking about having to do it again in the hospital. And I was very much procrastinating on making a decision about Mm. the second one. And I just kind of had to have a chat with myself and be like, no, you're going to listen to your inner gut voice. It is telling you something. Your inner voice is telling you something. And it was telling me to just start calling friends, whoever, start talking about the potential of having a home birth and what it meant. And then it led me to a wonderful doula who, who worked with a particular midwife who then I met with them and they really, they were so strong and firm and reassuring 
And they allowed me to instill more trust in myself and they educated mm. me. You know, I think people think of moms who, you know, women who birth at home is like super crunchy, hippie, whatever. And that, that's not me. I had, I had a ton of fears. I, I'm super conservative in terms of like, if something goes wrong, like we got to go. Right. Um, you also, what I didn't understand about home birthing until, to be honest, so many of my friends chose the home birth route do, during COVID. People were really, really scared of hospitals. People, yeah. It was a lot of during the timing of like, is your partner or doula going to be allowed in the hospital rooms? It was crazy. I had a lot of friends yeah. choose home birth. But what I didn't know, what I think is really cool, is like you have to be a candidate for a home birth. Like it's not like anyone – like a a really great doula or midwife is going to take on anyone. It's like you have to have had a pretty, for all intents and purposes, normal, healthy pregnancy. You have to have like there can't be like red flags. Do you know no. what I mean? Like yeah. So you're you were a candidate because yes. you had labored before. You had had no real. Um, hiccups in your, even though your first was not how you intended, there really wasn't any right. huge issues that your body didn't do the thing, you yeah. know? So you are a perfect candidate for a home. Like you could do it. The thing that was in the way was, did you think you could do it? <laughs> your yeah. head. Exactly. Which I think is part of the problem, right? Like I think it's, you know, we're conditioned to kind of just think about all the things that could go wrong versus, looking at if you are lucky enough to have a complication-free pregnancy, you're not looking at all the things that could potentially just go smoothly. And, you know, and your body is just going to do what it's supposed to do, which is, which is what I learned. And I, quite frankly, I had the most profound experience oh, ever. I'm so happy about that for you. It was, it was so, it was 10 hours. It was with oh. my husband. I was with him. Like, I mean, sitting on him with him in the blow up pool in my bedroom right there. And I'm going to cry. I know it's, it, it makes me emo too. I mean, I have the most beautiful photo. I should share it too. You know, it's not oh. like you can't see my bits or anything, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it was really romantic actually actually. And I, and I, it, it just kind of led me down the path of um, really setting it up so that I could potentially have this profound birth experience at home. Mm. Had something gone wrong, we were prepared to move and transfer, but it didn't. And my body, my water broke whatever time it was supposed to. I set it up so that my two best friends were there looking after William throughout the day cooking, helping, you know, feed everybody, the doula, the midwife. My doctor was gracious enough to show up and be there just as a oh, extra, like case, a backup a, person yeah. after. You know. Oh, so you felt so mm. supported. That's the other thing. Yes. I just think if women felt very supported, the, the problem with the birth industry is we are set up to that we don't know anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not only the birth thing. I mean, uh, this is a really big statement, but it, it's women and all of our reproductive stuff the whole fucking time. We're set up as young girls to like not know. I mean, I remember the first time I was even trying to get pregnant and this fertility acupuncturist was talking to me like at length about what the liquids coming out of my vagina really mean of where I'm at in my cycle. And I was like, oh, I've never known that. Like, no one's, you know what I mean? Like, and she was like, that's crazy that you don't know what your own body is doing. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, we aren't 
taught. Like, you know, like it's it's because we don't talk about it and we don't talk about sex and we don't talk mm-hmm. about ovulating and we don't talk about that. You know, I also have had so many friends that had. Now, I'm not saying you did not have a traumatic. I mean, you had you did not have a traumatic first labor experience in that. Thank God, nothing really bad happened. But I've had friends who've had traumatic and also just first birth experiences that did not that did not go how they intended or wished and it's been really cool to be along journeys of second times to watch them heal that mhm yeah i mean i i yes and i hear i totally hear that and i relate to it on on a level where i had an experience where my body was clamming up and that was my not ideal kind of situation and this was my opportunity to heal that and and ha- have like a, a redo and, um, and, and how amazing it was to just kind of let my, just get out of my head and let my body do what it was supposed to do. And like, I'll just never forget. I'll never forget mm-hmm. feeling my baby coming out of the birth canal and, 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 and going, wow, I don't have to do anything. There's no pushing here. There's no, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do. My body is going to thunder this child out of me and it's going to have this earthquake and then stop. It doesn't matter if I push or not, it's going to stop. It's going to allow me to expand more. It's going to keep doing it. Then it's going to stop again. And I just remember being so present with this moment and in awe of just like, oh, this is what your body does by itself we don't oh my god I have goosebumps wow and I just and it's so seems so crazy to me that at 39 I'm like oh now I know like no one told me that you know it's Mm. it's just one of it just now I know now I know because I lived it it's such a stupid question was it painful I mean, at the time, I remember being an extraordinary <laughs> discomfort. And I remember thinking, I remember sitting in that pool on top of my husband in the last, you know, 10 minutes and thinking, oh, I think I might pass out from the amount, like, I don't know if I can handle this. And then, but then, but then you do, you do. And, and I, and, and thank God for the hypnobirthing also. Oh yeah. Been, I want to talk to you about that. I read that you did that. Explain that, that journey and what that is for our listeners who don't know. Yeah. I mean, listen, and I think, I think listeners should know I'm not, I don't meditate. I don't, I'm not like a sit still mm, kind of person. I never have been. And I sadly never will be probably. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're hitting 40. We're hitting 40. I think we may not. Well, who knows? Let's talk again. It like maybe at 60 we're going to fucking be rocking meditation. Who yeah. knows? In our silent retreat. Oh. Yes. Um, no, I was never that person. And so, you know, the 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 midwife was like, "You know, you should try it. Try it." And so I thought, "All right, I'm just going to if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to commit to the whole thing." And so I started listening to hypnobirthing and I did it all out of order. I didn't do follow the CD cuz it mashed it all up on my iTunes and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just like pick whatever I'm in the mood for based on the title. And that's what I did whenever I felt like it at night as I was going to sleep. I didn't do it in the present state of, you know, awakeness or anything. I did it. I just kind of did it my way. And then, and then lo and behold, that lady's voice for the 10 hours, I just had, I had her in my ear pods and then I dropped my ear pods in a bucket of vomit because I vomited while I was birthing. Um, and then thankfully they still work. They're still here. Wow. 
Shout out to earbuds, okay? <laughs> um, so, so then I just had her on in the in the background, and it, it the affirmations. It just got me through. It was that. It just it just kind of was. The Do you baseline. remember what some of the affirmations are? Yeah, I think the biggest one is you are going to meet your baby now. Your baby is here. Your baby is right here and you are going to meet your baby. And your birth is going to be exactly what it is going to be and we're in acceptance of that. If it we're fluid, we're flowing and and there was there was this bit about um uh hypno no, no, like hypno anesthesia. There was, a, it's a different term and I'm forgetting it now, but it was about creating your own um, pain medication through your energy and your body. And, ch- and although, I mean, listen, you still feel pain. I'm not going to be like sitting here and be like, Oh, it was magic. I didn't feel anything at all. Of course I felt all the things, but there was a, in my mind, I had a certain level of control over it, which is what I did not have in the first one. I had, and I felt it in the first one, I felt like I had been controlling it to a certain point by myself. And then I just lost control because things got chaotic and there wasn't that baseline. And this, the hypnobirthing track allowed me to kind of have a baseline. And, but also I had the support team. I worked hard to set it up. I worked hard to plan meticulously for this to happen and and to be supported. And I followed my gut every step of the way because it was important to me to just give it a shot, to at least give it a shot. And hey, if something had gone, if my baby's heartbeat had gone up, we would have been in the car. We would have been going to the hospital straight away and it would have been handled. But, you know, there were certain things like, what if the baby's cord is wrapped around its neck and da-da-da-da-da? And it was. But I learned that, your baby isn't breathing through here. Yeah. When right. it comes out, it's breathing through that cord. And unless the cord itself is totally twisted and clamped shut, then it's fine. The baby comes out, we unwrap the cord. And I, I listened and learned and educated myself. How fucking cool. I am so stoked for you. I'm just so stoked for you and everything you learned about yourself and what you achieved. And oh, wait, I have another question. Hold on. Was William, so you had friends over to watch William. Was he, how did he take it? Was he there for the actual birth moment? Did you want him to not be around? What? Tell me, explain how that worked out. I wanted him to be in the home, in the space with us, but I didn't, I wasn't going to force him, you know, I said to my besties, look, if he says, oh, can I go see mom? Then come right on in, you know? And if he doesn't, then then he doesn't. And he didn't. It was really interesting because I'm sure he heard me, you know, vocally working through the contractions. Um, but he was so, I mean, he was just thrilled. He adores my two best friends, like adores them. So I think he was like so thrilled that they were there. For him. Yeah. He's like, this is the best day. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But he did. So what it was, it was amazing because what, uh, you know, Henry finally, you know, came out and then one of my besties was upstairs grabbing something, um, for William from his room. We, we live in a small two bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's, and it's two levels and, um, and she heard, you know, the, you know, and he, you know, he's here. And then so they, they kind of came upstairs and I could hear them outside the door and I was like, come in, come in. So 
I mean, it was beautiful. My, my two best friends and my son came in, you know, my husband and I with the new baby is sitting in the pool, um, you know, all the, all the gar and the whatever, and the, you know, it, the it blood just, and all that. Was he freaked out by it? Was he no, freaked out by it? No, no, no one bit. He, he, he came right in and he said, can I have him? And I said, yes, he's, he's yours. He's like, can I hold him? I said, well, maybe, oh. maybe not just right now, but, <laughs> but oh. yes, you know, and he was really, you know, he was, he, he just loved it. It was a beautiful moment for, oh. for all of us as a, as a family. I mean, I feel really extraordinarily lucky that I got to have this moment and share it with the pe- people who, you know, are truly like closest to me. Oh, I absolutely love this so much. Um, can you explain to me the moment, if you can remember, the moment when you first saw William for the first time and the moment when you first saw Henry? Um, they're, I mean, I guess they're pretty similar. I, I, both of them, I was, I was worried because they were both quiet when they came out initially. And so my first instinct was, I think in both, because I have, you know, videos of both. And in both of them, I, the first thing out of my mouth is, Oh my gosh, is he okay? Is he breathing? Is he okay? And and um and of course I think that's very normal. I think that's so normal. Yeah. Oh You're just like, hey, did we do it? Is he are they okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And with William we had the meconium. Uh so he got, you know, because we're in the hospital, the Nick there was, you know, four NICU people standing right there. So, you know, I got I had like a two second moment with him and then they went to check him, make sure that the meconium didn't affect him, which it didn't, thankfully. So then I got him you know, back straight away. And then it was, and then it was, he immediately wanted to latch and just, nom, 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 and, you know, it was really cute. Um, and then Henry was super quiet. I remember saying the same thing. Is he okay? Is he okay? And I remember the midwife for the door saying, you know, talk to him, talk to me, talk to him. And I was, <laughs> I was like, hi. And, and then I just remember being so overwhelmed with like, I had a moment of, oh my God, I pulled this off. Oh my God. Like I'm sitting in my bedroom and and I and I and oh my god, like I I actually did it, and so I think there was a moment where I'm like, oh my god, um, you know, can't believe, can't believe, you know, this is happening. And um, were you super um, past your due date for Henry as well? I was one week, yeah, over forty one weeks. We're stuck in this crazy system where, as women, there's all these rules if you go over. I'm lucky. I feel like I have the only actual OBGYN male OBGYN in LA who allowed me to allowed me to go over. Oh yeah, days. my. Oh yeah, my. And I know most OBs, especially if you're over 35, will oh, yeah. not allow you to go one day over 40. Yes. Some, a very few, will let you go to 41. Even mm-hmm. fewer will let you go to 42. Yes. I've never heard of anyone going over 42. So bravo to your. And the only reason we're saying all of this is because. Again, I don't know if it's insurance purposes or why there's a due date thing, but it's really insane. I mean, it should be a birthing window that's like two or three weeks before your due date and two or three weeks after your due date. You know, that's really... And your kids weren't huge either, right? Because then there's this whole pressure of like, oh God, if you're going 42 weeks, you're going to be birthing a 10 pounder. I mean, I birthed a 9.1 pounder at home and yes, it's doable. And no, you don't like, I mean, it, it was fine. It's fine. And William was, 
six pounds, 11 ounces. And they thought he was going to be huge. And he wasn't, but Henry was. Um, so, but yeah, I agree with you. Whatever the system is, does not support what is actually happening biologically, including the whole thing about move. I mean, you know, what animal moves from location to location in the middle of labor? No, they go, they nest, they find a spot. We're the same, this, the same thing. And it's just cr crazy to me that we're not set up better and it's just all legalities and it doesn't serve us in the way that it could, it really could. I'm not saying hospitals are bad. I, hospitals are fantastic. They save lives. They save babies. I mean, it's just, we, we need that. But what I'm saying is there's a better way to give birth support and give birth and support support yeah and yeah. it's a lot of it's very fear-based is the problem very fear-based it's yeah. very fury-based which is just always like well no like you gotta like we don't we can't you can't go a few days over like we're not doing that and then yeah. you know all my friends are rushing to get their cervix scraped to induce you know because oh, they're just no. like flipping yeah. out about getting trying to not have an induction happen do you know what i mean yeah. And it, it, and it's like, wait, if you, we just, if we just calm and wait, if we just wait, if we just wait, yeah, they'll more. decide, they'll decide. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, the fear thing. I, I mean, I think it's important to mention, like I never, as I was birthing, I still had major fears. And I remember the early at home, right. So in the early moment of labor in the, in the middle of the wee hours of the morning, I remember asking for the doula to come upstairs. I was in the bed and I, and I remember thinking to myself, you have to say this out loud. Do not carry this fear into the next hours. And I said, I, I'm, I'm really scared. I don't know if I can do this. Like I, I'm, what am I, what am I doing? I don't know if I can do this at home. And it was all this old, you know, the, the way that we're kind of raised to, to think. I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. I'm doing something to put myself and my baby in danger. Exactly. And then I and I was God, I had the most amazing, you know, team and they just filled me with just calm power again and leveled me out and I and I was like, okay, I'm going to lean into that. I'm going to lean into the people that are trust around me mm. and the hypnobirthing even though I still had my own fears in it and I got through it I got through it but um and, and then it's just amazing escape to summer with victoria's secret pack your bags with just arrived swim cover-ups corset tops and other sexy silhouettes when the sun goes down opt for bold and blingy styles like the made to be seen very sexy push-up bra from the very sexy collection in on-trend hues like black shine green and citron for a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Knowing now from both of your experiences, what would you recommend other mothers do in order to be more educated about the process? I would for sure recommend seeking all kinds of birth stories. Like, there are so many and they're all so different and it, you don't know what is going to happen to you. You have no idea. But I feel like if you're the kind of person who would like to trust your body and if you are the kind of person who has a healthy pregnancy, I would encourage you to look into you know, setting yourself up to experience it as naturally as possible. It is absolutely profound to understand and experience what your body is designed to do. I mean, there was um, an Instagram handle that I followed called down to birth. And, um, and since then I've, I've met the ladies on, on a zoom and I shared. Oh, I listened. It was, it's such a great episode for everybody listening down to birth with Yvonne Starosky. Yeah. It's so good. And again, I'm like super private, but this is something that I feel is really important 
to share because this this is the reason why I ended up at home with my pregnancy, you know, birthing at home was because there were other women who were amazing enough to sit there on Instagram and share their stories and, mm. and videos of, you know, I saw women birthing in their pools and the, in their wow. baths and like, and just sharing. And I got really inspired and I just kept thinking, well, if someone else can do it, then why can't I, I can, mm. I can do this and educate yourself and speak to all kinds of providers. Listen to the super conservative people. Yeah. where You only know where you fall and that's what's good. Like you said, Instagram actually like can be a great source of figure, like listening and finding other stories and seeing what feels right to you. We had Casey Wilson on this podcast, who's a good friend and I love her so much. And she was on this podcast and she was like, oh, no, no, I'm, I think I can go down at Cedars as the only person that's ever walked in at zero centimeters dilated and saying, I'd like my epidural now. And they were like, oh, but you're not even um, not oh even at God. one. Like, do you care? She was like, oh, no, 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 I, I don't care. I don't I don't want to feel anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's but she knows that about herself through and fucking through. She was like, I want my kid and I want to watch 20 hours or 45 hours of housewives and I'm taking my child home. I don't, I'm not interested in this. You know what I mean? But she's known that about herself. It's like, so you hear these stories like on this podcast or stories for people. And it, if you just quiet your mind and all the outside people and really get honest with yourself of what feels best to you, yes. uh, then you can make choices. Um, how was your postpartum experience with both William and Henry? Did you have blues or any depression, any anxiety, any of that stuff? No, I did not. I I was really, I think my happy hormones were really in my favor oh, great. for both times. And thank God, because I gave birth and then I, then we got kicked out of our apartment because of the fires that were going on in that year and the I just remember the giant smoke thing coming over the the Santa Monica mountains and I remember thinking oh my god we got and the, the neighbor was knocking on the door at 7 a.m saying you guys need to leave oh now. my god and he was I think he was four he was four weeks old and so I was like oh my god okay so we like I, I just remember grabbing just photos and albums. And I, I forgot really to pack my own clothes because I just packed the babies and, and I took all the sentimental stuff in a suitcase. We chucked it in the car and then we sat in traffic on the PCH trying to get out um, for two and a half hours, which normally take 20 minutes to get out to where we were going. And, um, and the ba- you know, with a newborn and, and, um, and so we, we left and then, and then we couldn't go home for two weeks. And then it was time to come to Canada for half a year to shoot The Handmaid's Tale. So I remember we just went home for a night. We tried to go home earlier. It was filled with smoke. So we oh couldn't stay God. there. Oh my God, wow. And we're like, oh, well, I guess we're not, you know, we can't deal with this now. So we, we, we had to, you know, walk, oh my God, 35 loads of laundry, rewash all the baby clothes again that were left and like everything and then oh. pack and leave to Canada. And so he was six weeks or six and a half weeks. And, and then because they had started work already, like they were a month into the season, they were very much catching up on all the Serena scenes. Yeah. So it's like you were showing up, you were showing up and you were going to be put the fuck to work. It's not like you were showing up and you would be light. It's like, no, they were already doing you 
Ugh, like the solid by like giving pushing all your scenes to be after to give you some time and then when did you actually show up back to work how old was he no he was like six weeks oh my god yeah Yvonne, so I, fuck. No, it, it, no, yeah it was intense it was like and thank then it was god like- you didn't have postpartum <laughs> depression are you fucking kidding that would not have been possible no i know like, they were literally depending on you to have your wits about you and all the serotonin in the fucking world mm-hmm. and the love yeah. drug. What? How was – can you explain to me your going back to work feelings? Were you upset? Were you, Was it so hard? Were you uh, – uh, oh, my God. Like, I'm, I'm in shock. Six weeks, that's really hard. It's it was hard. I wanted I did want more time. Uh I initially uh it was it was kind of supposed to be a little bit more time and it didn't end up being that way. So I but at the time I just remember thinking I just got to I just got to get through this. And I remember, you know, sleeping like whatever. William used to wake up every hour to every 2 hours. And that and that like that went on for 2 years basically like Tim and I didn't sleep for 2 years. It was what? like waking up every 2 hours. And I would go to work. And so for the first month, it was like, you know, 15, 16 hour days. You're showing up, you're in hair and makeup for an hour and a half, and then you're doing your 12 hour shoot day. I was definitely on uh, my pregnancy, my, my birth high probably, because it was what was carrying me through. So I just remember being on set and, you know, being Serena Joy and like, uh, you know, screaming and like crying. And then oh going back God. to the trailer and being like, oh, hi, my baby, my baby. I'm feeding and feeding and feeding my husband. And then back to the Serena Joy. And, uh, <laughs> was your and husband was, did you have a net did you have help was it just your husband my husband is a saint bless and he him was there the entire time so i had i mean i i talk about feeling supported and you know really having our little family unit so we got through that i did end up keeling over in the, at the end of the fourth week i remember i literally remember kind of just kind of stumbling. I remember Ann Dowd holding holding me up and being like, "Honey, you you need to sleep." And and I remember Lizzie coming in and and being like, "Listen, you take tomorrow. Don't worry about it." And and we did. We we had to take a day because <laughs> it was it was really hard. I mean, I started having ocular migraines. I remember doing a scene with Joe, and who plays Commander Waterford, my husband. And I remember. The uh, ocular migraine came on and I saw the kaleidoscope go through my vision and then I just saw black and I essentially was like blind and we were still in the scene and I I just remember acting through it and at the end just saying I'm so sorry I just I I can't really see and I, I my body was just I mean screaming at me you need more sleep but thank god you know my my mood and my hormones were really working for me in my favor. I, I think that I, I rode them out. And for a year, I mean, we did, we finished handmaids. We went back to LA, repacked our bags. And three days later, we were on a plane to Australia to shoot stateless. Oh my good Lord. Have mercy, Yvonne. You have not stopped. <laughs> have you stopped since then? Oh, I guess the pandemic. The you pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Can you explain to me, go back, Has your have your kids ever asked, like, Mommy, are you okay? Like, have you ever come back to the, now that William's older? And Henry, how old are they now at the time of this podcast? 
Henry is seven months. Oh yeah, seven months. You said that. William is what month are we in? I don't even know. We're July. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell even knows? July. <laughs> so he will be four in October. So he's three and a half. He's gonna be four. Yeah, and Albie will be five. So when does he ever come into your trailer or is he allowed on set? Well, since COVID, no, right? You know, well, he has been this year, but we, but we also made it so that my husband, so we're all on, we, our show tests every single day, basically we get COVID tested and we have to double mask on the whole bit. So my husband is on the testing schedule. rotation because, and then my mom was living us for a little bit. So she was helping. Um, and then, so we were all on the testing, you know, schedule as if we're employees, you know, all of us. Good. Um, as you should be. Tale. Great. So then, so then by default, the kids would come and visit and William loves coming to work. He does. Does he ever say like, mommy, are you okay? Like if he ever does, has he ever seen anything like scary by accident? No. Oh, okay. Good, no, good, the good. scenes. No, no, no. He's not seen. The, no, no. Oh, good, yeah, no. good. Yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah. I would say that's probably like, that's good. Um, Okay. Handmaid's Tale, since we're in this arena. Uh, how, what was your reaction when you heard Roe v. Wade? <sighs> I know. We don't even have to talk about it. I, I, that's a good sound, though. That really. <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, there it is. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I to be honest, I, I mean, is it bad to say I wasn't surprised? I, I mean. No, we shouldn't. It was leaked months ago. <laughs> it was kind of expected. I just, it just is astounding to me. I, I don't know that I've fully had time to process it because things have been so insanely in, intense in my little bubble over here. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that sound kind of encompasses all of it. So many Instagrams when, when Roe v. Wade got, um, overturned about Handmaid's Tale. I even posted one. Like, we're living somewhere in the middle of, like, Handmaid's Tale, 1984, all the... It's really, really wild times, and I'm really hoping... (sighs) I don't know. I can't even... Was the transition more wild for you to go from someone who doesn't have a baby to having a baby, or was the transition of having one baby to now being a mother of two... Like, which was the one that really threw you in terms of the, everything? The latter. Me too. The, Me yeah, too. It's it's wild. I feel the same way. Like, do you find it, how are you feeling with um, splitting your attention, love, all of that between two kids? Does William <sighs> feel any jealousy? How is he taking on the big brother role? All of that. That's been hard. That has been really, really hard. I mean, he's such a beautiful, smart, great kid. Um, But he's definitely, he's still, you know, he feels it. I mean, there was a point in time, you can hear him. Yeah, I hear little baby. I remember, you know, it was like a honeymoon period for the first couple of days when he was born. And then, you know, day four, we were all at the dinner table and Henry was sleeping in a little bassinet by my feet. And he, William was just like... And then he looked at Henry and said, Mom, I don't want Henry at the dinner table. And can you please put him back in your belly? And I was like, okay. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. I hear you. I see you. I feel mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have these feelings. It was an edu- I tell you what, this is when I really had got my education in validating feelings for him mm-hmm. and allowing him mm-hmm. to have the space to retaliate, have his feelings, you know, and it's been a real learning process. Um, and also kind of like reparenting myself and learning how to parent in this modern way of you know we're not going to shy away from experiencing feelings I mean I'm or telling him like it's okay you're fine you're fine right it's like it's like no no acknowledging that he does feel these things and they're not they're not to be shushed or pushed away yeah exactly so it's been it's hard I mean you know especially in the the super high intense moments where he's having some real big feelings about it. And, you know, he's like throwing a a plastic bathroom stool or whatever, you know, there's, there's those moments too. And, and it's up to me, it's my job to figure out what is he upset about? You know, he's, he can't, he's not going to pull me aside and say, mom, I, I I feel a little bit sad that your attention is split now between me. No, he's going to act out in a different way. You know, he's going to act out in a different way, which might look like, Throwing a throwing toy a at the baby or or having a tantrum or blaming, you know, having a feeling that blows up somewhere else that's completely unrelated, but you're wise enough to know, oh, this is him being pissed that I can't give him my full attention yeah. at the because I'm feeding the baby. Yeah. I mean, and that bit's hard because, like, sometimes I'm not wise enough. Like, sometimes, gosh, it's hard because you're, you know, you got, you got I mean, you're, you're a mom, you got so many other things going on, especially you know, if you're juggling 500 things in, in, in the day. And um, I think it's been amazing actually to, to have had this opportunity to go down this path with him. Like it's, it's hard, but gosh, like we, we all learn so much as we go as like a mom, I really have learned a lot about myself as well. And I've, you know, it really forces you to really dig deep into yourself and come to understand your own little triggers and why your toddler sets you off in a certain way. Or like, Oh my God, my toddler is my greatest trigger I've ever <laughs> had in my life. It's, he is my greatest joy my greatest test, my greatest everything. Like, it's unbelievable. My daughter, I don't feel that way yet. It's weird. She's, I feel like that's coming for us. How old is she now? She's one and a half. Okay. But you know what helped me a lot? I don't know. Take us or leave it. Another guest we had on, Robin Eucalyst. This might be very woo-woo. But once they start fighting over toys, which Mm. I'm at that age, right? So one and a half and four and a half. So a lot of it is they get along great. And then all of a sudden it's DEFCON 4 over one thing that they're having major conflict over. And then sometimes that toy needs to take a break and and the toy has to have a timeout, right? (laughs) Like, nope, we're moving on to something else. But I constantly say to myself, this is really woo-woo, but I do think it helps. Rob and Euclid, who was on this sheet, says to me, well, you know, your son chose to be first and your daughter chose to be second. And that's their journey and path to learn what they have to learn. So sometimes I like just let them figure it. Like, I don't even intervene. I'm just like, let it like they're going to figure it out. And that's her journey. Like she's supposed to learn what she's supposed to learn as long as everyone's safe. Do you know what I mean? And he's supposed to learn what he's supposed to learn. And yes, I try to encourage it half the time too, but half the time I'm too tired. And I'm just like, 
figure it out. I love you both so much and you love each other. And that's a huge value in our family that when push comes to shove, we all have each other's backs and we are such a team. But also like, yeah, she's got to use her voice and fight for her place. And he's got to give it up and learn how to share. You know what I mean? And I, it's really fucking crazy. Yes. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> Okay. I don't want to take, okay. We have to finish up because you have your baby crying in the background. What's the best pit of parenting advice you've gotten? Oh my gosh. Oh God! As as Henry's crying in the background and needing you and your one breast so badly. I mean, the best bit of parenting advice is do it your way. You your gut. Listen to your gut and your inner voice. Oh, Henry! Hi, baby. <laughs> Hi, baby. Mommy's coming. Mommy's coming. We swear. Take your own. I know your story really is about trusting your gut. I mean, even down to breastfeeding for a long time, because I, I've been breastfeeding over a year and a half and I get people, even my mom, like, thank God she doesn't listen to this, but thank, you know, she's like, why you need to stop that. Oh, there's so many people who are shocked at like, you're going past a year or past whatever. Oh, but it's, you're going to get shit any way you look at it. So it, it, the stronger you can get your mom muscle and your instincts to listen to yourself and quiet the other things in every step of the way, the better. Yeah. I mean, even, even things like, I mean, I, I, and I went through this, like my best friend's sister had a baby and now she's at the point where she's just so tired because he's teething. He wants to breastfeed throughout the night. And he's, I mean, he's like one year old now. And, and she's like, I just want to have him in the bed with me. And I'm like, I'm copying so much shit about just having him in the bed with me because, you know, he just wants to um, um, um. And I'm like, no, you ju- just do you. You are the one doing it. If it's going to make you guys feel better to do that, that or you, you know, if your husband is telling you no, like you, you have to just follow your gut. You're the one like nourishing, feeding. It, 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 there's, there's an unspoken kind of communication going on as well. And there are things that you can't even articulate about the experience. It's just, there's just so many things. Finish this sentence and then we're finished. Parenthood is... <laughs> Magical. Mm. <laughs> I it mean, really is. it's also really hard. I didn't, but, you know, I don't know, but I think it's more... in the end, you know, you look back on all of this, all the hard stuff. And I think magical wins. Yes. I'm so grateful that you made time amidst, I can't imagine your, like to have a seven month old and a three and a half year old and Handmaid's Tale and nonstop travel is really fucking impressive, Yvonne. And I hope whatever this little time break you have in your schedule that you're able to, because that's even hard in itself, to regulate and unwind and just be where you're at is so hard in and of itself. I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> Self-care is really hard. I oh, forget it. it. Oh. Self-care? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I had to fight tooth and nail to go get a haircut today. Um, Thank you so much for being on Katie's Crib. This was such a wonderful time. I just am such a fan personally and professionally of yours. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I remember listening to this podcast like way back when I remember listening to it. Thank you for having it. I mean, this is what we need in the world. (laughs) 
Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you. Let's chat. Questions, comments, concerns? Let me know. You can always find me at katiescrib at shondaland.com. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey and right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.